Welcome to the Doodle Kisses podcast, an extension of doodlekisses.com. I'm your host, Adina Pearson. Doodlekisses.com is the social network for Labradoodle and Golden Doodle owners, wannabe owners, and the doodle curious. The goal of this podcast is to provide education, entertainment, and connect with our Doodle Kisses members on the topic of Labradoodles, Golden Doodles, and dogs in general. Last year, on episode 14 of the Doodle Kisses podcast, I was lucky enough to get to chat with Kentucky, who surfs with his Doodle Derby in San Diego. He and Derby have a wonderful redemption story worth listening to. Check out that episode number 14 to find out the backstory of this dog and dude duo. He and Derby earned some fame as a surfing duo, but now his celebrity status is going to be climbing as a participant in the new reality series, The Pack. I was able to pre-screen a few episodes of this fun new Amazon show, and you're going to get to watch two once it premieres on November 20. That's this Friday. The Pack is a global adventure featuring 12 teams of dogs and their human companions. The teams compete in fun challenges that celebrate their bond while working toward a huge grand prize of $500,000 for themselves and $250,000 for an animal charity of their choice. The pack is hosted by gold medalist skiing phenomenon Lindsay Vaughn and her dog Lucy. On this episode of the Doodle Kisses podcast, I get to chat with Kentucky again about his experience on the show and with the head trainer Nicole for the inside scoop on how the dogs prepared. Enjoy the episode. Hey, Kentucky. Hi, Nicole. Welcome to the Doodle Kisses podcast. Hi, Adina. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. Super excited. I'm so excited because I've had we've had Kentucky on here before. And that was a really fun to get to know his story. And now that he's on the pack, I feel like when he came on, I'm like, it feels like a celebrity. (laughs) I I definitely don't feel like a celebrity. If anybody's a celebrity, it's Derby. (laughs) True. Derby is quite the guy. I loved watching him. So I got to see a few episodes. I didn't finish the whole series because I want to kind of see it with everybody. Like, I don't want to know the end yet. (laughs) Oh, good for you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So far, it's been really fun. And it sounds like you guys are having a blast. Like, how many times do people get to travel to different countries with their dogs? Oh, it was crazy. I mean, I've always wanted to do so much travel stuff with Derby. And just to be able to have this uh, opportunity is just amazing. Yeah, I feel like it's the once in a lifetime adventure that every pet parent really want to go on. So what a dream come true and how fun that a world gets to watch in and tune in and see it and be a part of it as well. Yeah. Yeah. It's so neat. So Kentucky, tell us how you got involved in the pack. You know, it's kind of a crazy story. Um, uh, they, they reached out to me through Derby's Instagram, uh, through, uh, hashtag surf dogs, you know, with Derby, you know, Derby and me surfing dog competitions in California. And when they sent me a message, I thought it was fake. I actually read it and I was like, oh, this is nothing. This is just something we get all the time. So I actually deleted it. Uh, Another surf dog actually sent me the same message that y'all should take a look at this. And I showed it to my girlfriend and she's like, I'll respond to it. We'll just see what happens. And (laughs) after that, we started doing interviews and they wanted to meet us. And I was like, wow, this is actually a real thing. And I was very surprised. 
And I almost threw away this awesome opportunity. (laughs) Yeah. Thank goodness you had other people to like send it back to you and say, hey, try it. So how long ago was that? Uh, That was about this time last year. Uh, Probably about September. They they, uh, contacted us. Okay. And so when did filming start? What was Uh, the period period of filming? Filming started in January. Okay. Awesome. And when did you guys finish? Right in the middle of March. So you just barely got back when in time for COVID. Surprise. Exactly. It was just right at the edge. You got so lucky. The whole show got lucky to get it all done by then. Um, so between, you know, when you got contacted and when the show started, it looked like you went through some training. And I'd love to hear about that. How did that look? And did you have to go somewhere? Did you have like manuals sent to you? Tell us about that. Oh, I, I, yeah, they first started with us sending us uh, equipment that we would definitely need to learn to train on to our homes. Uh, and Nicole and uh, the other trainers uh, were doing uh, Nick from England. Is it England? Yeah, it's from England. From England, another trainer that was on the show. Uh, they would do these Zoom meetings once a week and kind of give us pointers uh, of what we need to learn with these with this equipment. Uh, Nicole, tell them more about this. <laughs> So yeah, like Kentucky said, we started off by doing Zoom training, which was before Zoom was a really popular thing, funny enough. So we had to explain to everyone what Zoom was and how it worked. (laughs) Now we're all professionals at this. And we would meet on there and they could all see Nick and myself, but we couldn't see, the contestants couldn't see each other, but they could ask us questions and we could answer those questions and we would do video demonstrations just to get their feet wet so that once we did meet them in purpose in person, we had a little bit of a head start. So we would start them on trick training, crate training, scent work, um, getting them on uneven surfaces. And so every two weeks they got a shipment of new supplies of stuff for training. Maybe I'm not playing toys right now. Sorry. <laughs> and we could jump right in as the dogs were already acclimated a little bit. And so all the teams came to Los Angeles where we did a two week training for two weeks straight. And that was really deep diving deep into everything. And that's from zip lining, repelling, scent work, trick training, but also getting them used to things such as new sounds. Some of the dogs might be from smaller towns and not be from a bustling city. And we're traveling all over the world. So we want them to be used to everything. So sometimes it was playing simple things as sounds or getting them buckled into the car safely just to get them used to things. So when we're on the road, it's second nature and it's not stressful to anyone, whether that's the dogs or their human partners. That's so neat. Was there one specific training or activity that was harder for the dogs in general or for Derby? Some of the things that they sent us that were, you know, I opened this box and I'm just like, what is all (laughs) this? And the one thing that I never thought I would teach Derby was scent training. I mean, you know, you think of scent training, you think of, you know, a, a search dog or a uh, police dog or something that's, you know, well, well-trained dog that's used for a, a purpose or a job. But for a regular house dog to go and learn how to scent train just didn't even cross my mind. And I thought, like, there's no way Derby's going to pick this up. <laughs> I mean, Derby's smart and all, but I don't even know if I could train him to do this. But <laughs> with the help of Nicole and everyone... I mean, it actually came together so easily. That's really neat. So that one you were nervous about, but he turned out, I mean, he did great. Um, Any that were challenging that surprised you? That one, and uh, I'm trying to think, it's been a while. (laughs) Was the harness hard at all? Like I know he can can handle balance and stuff, but like getting 
pulled up for zip lining or no, repelling. The, the Derby's just such been a such a compliant dog, is what I say. Uh, we actually have a, a cart that I had built for him to pull some of my surf gear to the beach. And so wearing a harness, pulling weight was nothing to him. So putting things on him, wearing gear, he didn't really mind it. Wearing the boots, you know, was a little uh, a turn, uh, learning point. I mean, we'd go on little walks around the neighborhood. And after a while, he kind of, you know how dogs do that high step thing. And then finally, he was just like, all right, I get it. This is not going to bother me. <laughs> mm-hmm. Add to yeah. what Kentucky said, when we did the training, from what you see on TV, it's quite different. You see dogs doing all these crazy adventures, obviously zip lining, rappelling. But when we started training these things, we started so simple that none of the dogs could really fail. So we never just put a harness on a dog, for example. We would show them the harness and they'd get a treat. Show them the harness, they get a treat. Then we'd put it near their face, they get a treat. And it was a long experience before a dog actually even put a harness on. And then once they got it on, it was on and it was off. And then it was on and we would do something fun and whatever that would be. Maybe it's playing tennis ball, maybe it's playing tug. And so it was a long process, but by the end, as we're adding little baby steps, they're so tiny, each progress, that the dogs have no problem and they're all succeeding, which is what we wanted. We wanted it to not be stressful to any of them. So while we get to see this grand adventure, it was the simplest things, even car harnesses. It was never just put the dog in it and we're going to get in the car. It was always Mm -hmm. a fun, gradual, step-by-step process. Yeah, I really appreciate that. It was really clear that you, like your safety team and your dog team really took a lot of measures to make sure the dogs were comfortable. They weren't stressed. They looked for stress signals and at different times and were, you know, there seemed to be a a team there that made sure all the dogs were buckled in and all these things. Um, How many people did that take? Was there like a person per dog or? Um, Our dog safety team consisted of four people. It was two veterinarians, myself and the other dog trainer, Nick. And whenever the dogs were filming, one of us was always present. So we were always running behind them, chasing behind them. I got my full workout in. (laughs) Anytime a dog gets in a car, one of us is there before they can leave. Mm -hmm. Safety is really the number one most important thing as well as ensuring everybody's having a lot of fun. Um, So even when they weren't filming though, we were there. We wanted to make sure everything's going well, everything's going safely. Even when they're playing or they're just hanging out shopping together and having fun on a day off, we were in the background observing, making sure the animals weren't stressed out because that's really the number one thing here. Yeah. I've been having a lot of fun doing these podcasts, interviewing interesting people, learning along with you. I don't really want to stop. However, producing a podcast takes time and money. I'm willing to put in the time, but I don't have podcast production skills. And so we have to pay for a professional to put these podcasts together. This is where you come in. If you're getting anything out of listening to these podcasts, please consider supporting the Doodle Kisses podcast. If every single person who listened to at least one episode gave $1, we could cover the production of several episodes. If you gave $5, well, we'd be done fundraising for the year. Go check out our GoFundMe page. The link is in our show notes. Now back to the learning. So Nicole, tell me about your training experience and how you got involved with a show versus just, you know, working with pet dogs or. Absolutely. So 
I have a bit of a different career in dog training. I started with exotic animals. So I trained like bears and tigers and all sorts of stuff. I know. And then I got into dog training um, and I've always been a huge dog lover. I come from a family of dog lovers. I was like the kid in school that wanted to hold the boa constrictor and the tarantula. (laughs) And so as soon as I got into actually working with animals, I specialized in celebrity families and helping them get like the perfect puppy for their household. And then I also specialize in trick training because I love that bond you can create with your own pets. And I also do service or dog work and therapy dog work. It's a huge passion of mine. I have a book on service and working dogs. So been traveled the U.S. working with military and all those sorts of animals. Oh, and then I do everything with my own dogs. My dogs ride motorcycles with me. They ride horses with me. <laughs> and so having your dog just be a more integrated part of your life is a huge passion of mine. And so I try to help all my clients achieve that, whether it's just going to a cafe, just being able to do a little bit more with our pets really can make a huge difference. And I think a little bit of training can prevent more animals from not being in the shelters Oh yeah, like that. So that's a huge part of my work. But then also my dogs do movie production work. Rossi here appeared in his first feature film at eight months old with Josh Duhamel and Megan Fox. Maggie's done like countless commercials and photo shoots. So being on sets with my dogs is a huge passion. So when I got contacted about the show, it was really a combination of everything I love, dogs, travel, adventure, and really creating that stronger bond, which I think everybody can use. And I hope that's really the takeaway of everyone at home is people see us and you don't need to get on a private plane and travel around the world, but (laughs) maybe you're inspired to try to take your dog to breakfast with you or walk to a coffee shop or spend five minutes training. And I think it's just going to, open a whole new world. But yeah, when I got contacted, it definitely was like, oh, this is everything in my life put together. This is perfect. So I bet that was what a great so adventure. fun. Yeah. And um, I love that the contestant dogs, some of them had like special skills, you know, derby surfs and does these cool things. And some of them had higher training, but most of them were like pets. They weren't dogs that were trained to be on a show as their like life's goal. And I really like that variety in the different types of dogs, sizes and breeds and like personalities. And that was kind of neat to see them just experience all these new adventures. I think it's also great for everyone at home watching. We're used to seeing studio trained dogs like mine is on TV. He's trying to hit a mark and watch a camera. Every single one of these dogs is not that. They are family dogs at the end of the day. So seeing those kind of dogs go out and do scent work and do these incredible challenges and really grow that bond, what could be more inspiring? To me, I love that they're not dog trainers dogs. And I think that's going to open eyes for everybody around the world. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I'm curious about some of like the little things like, you know, did you have to have extra vaccines or different vaccines than would be required here? you know, potty stops? Did you have to quarantine for a few days when you got to certain countries? How did that work? All those little details. So I'll jump on this and Kentucky can add to it. So I was involved with the show from the very beginning. And so when we started figuring out the route, we definitely picked stuff where the dogs wouldn't have to be quarantined. So that was like our number one goal. And they, of course, would never go under the plane. That was conversation from the start. Mm -hmm. And then So once we knew, we figured out our route where the dogs would never have to be quarantined, we could land and just continue our adventure. That eliminated that portion. Once we were in Los Angeles for training, we ensured everybody had the shots for all the locations we were going to because some of the dogs did need extra vaccinations. 
So we all took a big field trip together to the vets <laughs> and everyone got their vaccinations together. And that way we can ensure everybody was safe and the dogs got multiple vet checks from our own veterinarians, from third-party vets and their own vets, just to ensure they really are safe. We're doing a lot with them from running to high intense activities. And we don't want anyone getting hurt. And that comes down to dog safety. So ensuring everybody's safe. Um, potty breaks, we, during part of our home training, we sent everyone AstroTurf. So Ooh. they would practice, <laughs> was very down to the minute details. We probably spent a good four months of just planning before we actually got into the cast part. So part of that was potty training. So we sent home AstroTurf and the teams had to practice at home, trying to get their dogs to go bathroom on this AstroTurf. So on the plane, we had AstroTurf available if somebody had to go. Um, for longer flights, we would do a stopover somewhere, whether it was to fuel up or something, but that was also the purpose to let the dogs go out, stretch their legs and see if they needed to go to the bathroom. Um, I mean, there was times where we landed and we got the turf out in the airport <laughs> just to make sure nobody had to go. <laughs> and I know Snow did use it in an airport, so it worked. And that was our main goal. And then in every location, the doggies had a doggy rest area, doggy VIP area. And that consisted of a crate they could go in and sleep and relax in, dog beds, dog chew toys, bones, toys for them to play with but also in every single one of these was an AstroTurf area next to it. So if we were in a busy, bustling city, they still had somewhere to go to the bathroom right where they knew. And they were all trained at this point to do it, which was really nice just to see the training pay off in these little tiny sections. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. During the production, you know, I, Derby or all the other dogs never felt like stressed or anything. Uh, the, the dog safety team and everyone was very uh, aware of what, you know, when the dogs needed some time to need to take a break. Uh, you know, some of these productions, you know, when you're just using people, it's just go, go, go. We can, we can keep moving. We keep moving. But they, they kept in mind that the dogs just sometimes need a break. And uh, so, you know, during a long day, even through, even when we're doing our, our challenges, you know, halfway through it, you're like, stop, everybody stop. Let's just take a break. Just chill out for a minute. And, these immaculate uh, rest stops that the safety team put together was amazing. Like four stars, five star service <laughs> out in the middle of the, the public square or somewhere with tents, you know, covered from the, the elements, uh, food, water. I mean, you could tell that, you know, they, they, they put a lot of money in for the dog's comfort. We, on the other hand, you know, we sat around <laughs> and kind of had art stuff, but the dogs were well taken care of the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, that was something that stood out to me. It seemed like there was a, there wasn't that intense, like go until you break your legs kind of attitude, which it was really neat. Cause I think I would have like, if I was me, I would not have made it on any of those other shows, but this is more my style. Like, okay, we'll go by the dog's comfort and then sometimes stop. And it's not as cutthroat, but still, still doing fun things. Did you or Derby seem to have a favorite country or a favorite challenge or, or part of the traveling? I can reveal a couple of places, uh, but not so many. But one of our favorites was Costa Rica, uh, Capos. It was warm. It was the beach. It was what we love. Uh, the water was amazing. Uh, the sands were beautiful. 
any warm place was good for us. We don't do so well in the cold weather. <laughs> and <laughs> once you see some of the shows, you can see what, you know, how me and Derby reacted to the cold weather. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't wait to see like a water thing for you guys. I'm like, yeah, this is, they're going to do so well because <laughs> yeah, it's Derby water. Awesome in the water. <laughs> And everyone seems so positive and friendly. You know, some of the other adventure shows, whether it's a team of two or one on, you know, one person competing with a bunch of other individuals, there's often a lot of drama and like, you know, the the two partners often fight and one isn't going fast enough or doing it well enough. And and what was really neat is that when you have when you're there with your dog, like it's a different attitude. You're not gonna be like yelling at the dog. I mean, someone could. I didn't see that as far as I watch. So was there any kind of drama that showed up or butting heads between people or dogs? No, I mean, in a competition show, there's just a little but nothing too crazy. And that's one of the things when I first got approached for the show, because when they said it's a reality competition show, the first thing you think of is just people just backstabbing, talking you know, smack to each other, you know, doing whatever they can to win. And I told them, I said, if it's one of those shows, I don't want to be a part of it. And they told us it wasn't, and they were right. I mean, every bit of the show, even what you see and what was behind the scenes is just like that. It was all about the bond between the dog and human and getting through challenges that faced them. And, you know, right now, you know, with all the people we met through this, we have lifetime, lifelong friends and memories that we get to share with everyone. And now we get to share it to the world. I think that makes this show so different from every other show basically out there. And that's what we tried to get across throughout training from the very beginning. We're like, this is about a fun adventure with your dog. Focus on that. And throughout training, obviously, the teams couldn't speak to each other. They didn't actually get to even know their own names until we started filming the show. But it was all positive. So I was like, well, I'm a positive reinforcement trainer. So this whole training is going to be positive. So I was like, cheer each other on, clap. It should be a fun experience. And we trained extra dogs that weren't unfortunately part of the show, but I even heard from them that the training changes their lives. And I think that stands for the whole show. It really should be a once in a lifetime adventure. It's not a cutthroat kind of show. And from viewers at home, I know I'm rooting for every dog and I'm sure everyone else is going to be, which is so different from everything else. You're like, oh, I want that person to go home here. It's dogs. You want the dogs to win. I want to see them stay forever. Exactly. (laughs) So does Derby keep in touch with his adventure girlfriend? Oh, Snow? Uh, (laughs) Yes. Uh, We've, uh, we, because Snow lives in LA and I live in San Diego. You know, we go up to LA a bunch for, you know, business and everything. So anytime we had a chance to meet with them, we call Josh up. Uh, You know, this little romance. Derby, he wanna, usually when he wants to play with other dogs, he kind of just kind of doesn't worry about it. Uh, he, he'd rather play with me and play fetch and see what I'm doing and, pay, and put all his focus into me. But it was just such a great, a great feeling when him and Snow would, would have a break or, a, or we're just kind of hanging out and they would play together and he would allow Snow to bite on him and, and roughhouse with him. And it, it was so amazing. And you could just tell that, you know, even when they lay down, they would try to lay down together. And it was so crazy. And everybody loved, you know, them because of their crazy hair. Uh-huh. But uh, yeah, so hopefully, you know, in the future, you might see an adventure with uh, Snow and Derby and their names will be Snowbee. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, who knows? And I'll, speaking of hair, like I was like, whoa, they have a grooming station. It was also <laughs> like luxury for dogs. It was awesome. Oh, yeah. They, they thought of everything. <laughs> How do you keep the shades on Derby? 
<laughs> you train that specifically? <laughs> you know what? The, 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 the funny thing that I tell people when people initially ask me that, I just, said, I just usually with a straight face say, yeah, I glue him to his head. And then they're like, what? But, but the thing is, is I went to a, a dog festival and a guy was actually selling something like what I've made. And I put him on him and literally he just kept him on. And I was like, I'll buy it. <laughs> so after that, I kind of de- deconstructed it and made it so I could use any kind of sunglasses I want. And it's basically a, a harness. Well, the part of a sunglass, well, I know you're not going to see this, but you will. <laughs> I'll see it. Yeah. <laughs> Can't wait. So like part of the sunglasses right here for the ears uh-huh. that, you know, dogs don't need that. So we cut that part off and then we use uh, Give me a full tutorial. Right. Okay. Yeah. I have a pair. A snip so I, on I the ends that go over the years. <laughs> so we got 5,000 pairs of glasses and I just can't find one for a thing. <laughs> so, and as you can tell, we snip off the ends because we don't need that. And then we take a little plastic strip right here. Usually it's elastic of some sort that goes under the chin. Uh-huh. And then we use kind of like uh, croquis uh, that, you know, you, you used to hold your sunglasses that go on the tip uh-huh. and that are adjustable. And those slip on here and those go around his head. So kind of like the dog's snout comes right through here and uh-huh. around the head and around the ears. Okay. Oh, that's yeah. really cool. Yeah. And, th- and this strap right here is bra strap from Joanne's Fabric. Don't tell anybody that that's where <laughs> I get my stuff from. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that works great. I love it. And it looks so cool. He seems so chill with the one. I, I believe that's why everybody's like, does he like it? I was like, you know, I guess he doesn't mind it. But I think in his mind, he feels like if they're going to, if he's wearing them, he gets to go somewhere. And it's almost like a, re- a reaction to, oh, I'll wear these if we're going somewhere. <laughs> this is part of the uniform I get to yeah, wear this, to have fun. How, if we're going to leave the house and I get to leave the house, I'll wear them. <laughs> <laughs> so what else can you tell us about, like, was there any part where you were like feeling frustrated with Derby or Derby was like unsure about something and, and you don't have to tell us exactly the activity if, it, if you can't? You know, some of these challenges were, were just, you know, what they thought up. And I was like, wow, I would have never thought of that. And through the whole time, I kept telling the inter- when we were doing interviews that, you know what, Derby is doing everything perfect. He, everything I've ever asked him to do, where to go, how to act, do what challenge, he nailed it. I tell everybody, the reason if we ever go home is going to be my fault. Just when, you, when you're running through the city and things are going through your head and you miss small little clues and they just go past you so fast. And you're just like, and then when you think back later on, like, man, how did I miss that? And so, yeah, all the dogs did amazing. But at, at any time when someone had to go home, which every, someone had to go home every episode, you know, it was always the human's fault. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, because the dogs just kind of went along and, you know, yeah, and, that's and they were, the dogs are always faster if it's a, oh, yeah. <laughs> anything that requires running. Yes, I remember some of the tasks had to do with like the person doing something and the dog just had to join. And other times the dog had to do something and the person had to help them get it done. And sometimes they did it together. So it's a nice little like variety of, of things. And I'm only a little bit into the episode, so I'm sure it gets uh, even more fun. The production company did an amazing job of coming up with these elaborate uh, challenges. Uh, you know, just sometimes I step back like, wow, who thought this up? But this is going to be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> did any of the dogs ever, well, I guess I can think of one, refuse things like just, nope, I'm not going to do it. And I know that you did allow for that. Like there's another way to end or get to where you're going if you didn't want to do the difficult thing for every challenge 
if an owner feels that their dog is not comfortable doing it, they can always do an alternate route. And it comes down to how the dog's feeling, not how the person's feeling. So that's where dog safety is there to ensure. And if we can always call it as well, which is a really important part of our role, we're watching and making sure the pets are comfortable and we can call it before the pet owners can if we need to and say, hey, he looks a tiny bit stressed. We're going to pull him out. And I think that's a great part about this. We set it up so the dogs will win and there's always an option. Now, if the humans have struggles, we can't help you there. <laughs> I didn't train the humans, the training the dogs. <laughs> but a big part of creating the challenges, Nick and myself work with the challenge team. And it took us months going through different challenge scenarios, which ones we were going to do and what training would work for them. And everything was set up so the dogs would succeed. And so when we get to a challenge, I was always confident the dogs are trained to do this. I know they can do this. Whether the humans do it or not and how quickly they do it, I can't, I have no control. I can just sit back. So of course, every time they're succeeding, I'm just cheering and so excited on the side, but it's part of the competition. So it's really fun for everybody at home to be able to see it. And the creative ways we were able to incorporate challenges around the world, I think is part of the fun. Uh-huh. And even when it's not a dog centric challenge, as you'll see in some of them, it's still exposure to sights, exposures to sounds. These are things these dogs have never seen before. So the human partner needs to make sure their pet's comfortable and working with them through those scenarios which I think is a little bit different. It's not something we think of day to day. We're used to living in our homes with our pet dogs and that's it. But when we're going to places, we need to make sure our pets are comfortable and our pets are happy. And that was part of every challenge too. Yeah, awesome. I can't wait till it airs and and everyone can start watching. (laughs) Is there anything else? Is there anything else that you'd want to add that you think um, viewers would want to know about? Uh, it's going to be an amazing show. <laughs> I mean, uh, I, I, I can't stress enough how like this is just going to be uh, showing the world what, you know, you people at home with their dogs that just sit by themselves at home, but sit with their dogs at home can do these amazing tricks and learn with, uh, with the help of, you know, from trainers, just like Nicole and Nick and everybody. And you think it's going to be so difficult or like, I can't do that, but when they, when you talk to trainers like Nick and Nicole, like they can break it down to the simplest form and you'll see such great results with your, uh, with your friend. Yeah. As a dog trainer, I tell everyone like five to 10 minutes of training can really make a world of difference. We trained all these behaviors literally in two weeks in Los Angeles. So when you're about to feed dinner, I hope some people get motivated to do some trick training, teach your dog to spin in a circle. And nowadays, there's so many great online resources. I have a ton of training videos online. Amazon's going to be posting training tips. So it's available out there. Grab your dog's dinner, grab a few treats, and I ensure you your bond's going to fly just like all these teams. And I hope seeing them fly around the world inspires a few people out there just to do a little bit more and maybe hop on a surfboard like Kentucky and Derby and try new things together. Yeah, absolutely. And this show airs November 20th, Friday, November 20th on Amazon. So check it out, everybody. <laughs> you'll love it. If you're a dog lover and you listen to this podcast, you'll really enjoy the show. Thanks, uh, Kentucky, for being on. And Nicole, I appreciate your sharing the safety and training side. That's really neat to know about. Of course. Thank you so much, Adina. Bunch of doodle Have a great learners. weekend. Thank you so much. Have a great Bye. weekend. Bye. Bye. 
Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Doodle Kisses podcast. If you have any ideas or recommendations for future topics or guests, send me an email at admin at doodlekisses.com. That's A-D-M-I-N at doodlekisses.com. Also subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Pocket Casts, Stitcher, or however you get your podcasts so you can have every episode ready to listen to as soon as it comes out. The show notes will link you to our GoFundMe page, as well as links to some of the things we discussed in today's episode. Talk to you next time on the next episode of the Doodle Kisses podcast.